All right, back with another uh, High School Insider Preps podcast, and this is Kyle Nedenrip from the Indy Star, joined by Matt Glenness today, and we're going to talk uh, boys ba- boys basketball sectional draw, and it was a uh, interesting night last night, Matt, with the uh, with the draw coming out. Always fun to see and, and see the brackets pulled up, and you know I thought uh, Greg Rakestraw and Chris May did a great job, uh, you know, being prepared and having. Uh, a lot of stuff ready to go uh, with that, and uh, you know, I think we'll start with uh, you know Class Four A. Uh, but what uh, you know, where do you kind of want to start? There's one game out there that really is really looks interesting to me. I'm, I'm sure it probably caught your attention too. Uh, that would be number three versus number four. That's Lawrence North versus Cathedral. Um, obviously, Sectional Ten is what Sectional Ten is. It's a beast. So, I mean, I think you wrote there's four of the top ten teams in the state in that sectional. Naturally, there were going to be some of these great matchups. Um, there's none better than that in the whole state to start the tournament. Um, I would like to ask you a question, though. Where are you at? And this comes up every year. Um, so where are you at on seeding? Because, you know, even in this sectional, seeding maybe doesn't get you a first-round game like this, but it might get you a semifinal. Or fi- you know, like, when there's this many good teams in a sectional, you gotta you got to beat them whenever you play them. But where are you at on seeding? Well... Kind of where I've come in the last probably four or five years is I, with basketball. I don't really think seeding's necessary. Um, if you're going to, you know, seed the sectional, I'm not sure what that really does for basketball. Um, where I would be, and this is probably a different podcast, but you know, where I would be more inclined to have seeding is football, and especially six A and five A, uh, where you've already changed the tournament to have thirty two teams roughly six or five a sometimes has 34 or whatever but you know you've already changed the tournament for those classes and i think i think football would really benefit from seeding i I think seeding the you know if you, even if you don't seed it one through 32 maybe one through 16 on the north and south and i think you'd have a much better uh, product of a tournament and you're only traveling you know once a week for football so i think you could do it that way uh with basketball i i i'm kind of to the point where i I don't know, you know, if you're seeding the sectional, I'm not sure what really, you know, that that's going to change a whole lot, um, you know. So I've kind of come around. I think you'd almost have to change the tournament in, in some way to uh, to seed basketball, you know, and make it different where you're not, you know, necessarily having the, the all these teams in the same sectional and that sort of thing, where you make it, maybe make it like a rolling, you know, two two sectionals together and 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 seed it that way. But that that's probably never going to happen. So. I yep. a single class seeded tournament. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that that could be ugly. Uh, Lawrence North playing, uh, you know, team unnamed, but uh, that 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 could be ugly. Hey, that's, I mean, why not? Uh, miracles happen, right? <laughs> Just ask ask the folks in Milan. Yeah, there you go. We we still hear we still hear some of that, but yeah, you know, there's been you know there there's obviously been some push for it, um, you know, and, and not so much with basketball recently. It's been more on the I, I, the IFCA on the football side has brought it up several times, and it hasn't really gotten to the point of you know coming up to a vote. But I like some of the things IFCA has come up with. Uh, I think the IBCA is, is okay with with the way the tournament is now. There's various things that, that come up now and then, whether it's a uh, you know they've they've talked about going to three classes or you know ch- changing some things here and there, but I, I think we'll see a shot clock uh, before we see uh, tournament seating. I don't. I wouldn't mind a shot clock to be honest with you. I'm not. I'm not a fan. I don't think anyone likes stall ball. That's that's not that's not fun. No, I don't either. But there, you know, for a tournament though, you know, I, and I, I remember this kind of came up last year in the Zionsville Fishers game, and I went back and. 
you know, rewatched the game and, and uh, you know, did did an article about, you know, how long the possessions were and things like that. And I don't know that a shot clock, at least the games I cover, you know, it, it didn't come up. You know, I guarantee sectional 10 would not be any different with the shot clock than, than, uh, than it is now. But you do see it sometimes. And, you know, I don't like teams standing out there holding the ball, but also it's up to the defense to come out and make them, you know, make them do something too. So I'm not a fan of it either. And I wouldn't, I, honestly, I wouldn't mind seeing a shot clock. I, I would probably like to see it maybe like a 45 second clock, um, you know, so you can still be methodical somewhat. But uh, I think that could be coming in the next, uh, you know, seven to 10 years or something like that for uh, high school basketball. The only time I was a fan of stall ball when I was a reporter on deadline and you just wanted that clock to yeah. tick in. I was like, yeah, yeah, no, just let them hold, let them hold the ball. No fouls, no fouls, no, no balls out of bounds. Just keep that clock going. I just love to see the crowd get all upset when they when they put the ball under their arm. And, uh, you know, that always gets everybody riled up. I think you get – you love it when the crowd gets a little ticked. That, like – that's fuel for you sometimes. Oh yeah, I love any, anything to do, <laughs> anything to do with the the crowd. Uh, you know, any reaction is is uh, is enjoyable. <laughs> All right, well, let's go back to sectional ten. I'm sorry for the tangent, my fault. You're good. Um, I just wanted to get your thoughts on it, and if I if I wanted your thoughts, I'm sure there were thousands of listeners who, you know, were on the edge of their seat just waiting <laughs> for that. All right, so sectional ten. Uh, yeah, so LN Cathedral. Oof. I mean, that's you know how much Division One talent is on that court. Like that's a that's a really fun game. I mean, I, if if there were no COVID restrictions on crowds, that's a packed Tech gym. I mean, and that's one of those like one of those like Indiana high school basketball just moments for you. Like it smacks in the face. Like if you have a kid who hasn't seen it, you take them to that game and just immerse them in it and this is what Indian high school basketball can be sometimes and it's a shame that not everyone will be able to get to this game I'm sure it'll be live streamed but talk about this game Whoa. yeah there would be uh <clears throat> you know and, and Tech's a great venue too I, the 2012 uh sectional 10 was played there 2016 sectional 10 was played there and they were two of the most memorable uh sectionals that I've ever covered uh great games you know great environments the 16 uh, sectional was Kyle Guy and Chris Wilkes and, and uh, you know Lawrence North had a good team. All the teams are good, of course. Tech had you know uh, CJ Walker that year. Um, you know it was just just really really good venue for for an event like this. So you know that's kind of the backdrop. And you're right, there won't be you know I, I'm assuming there will be around 50 percent allowed uh, at the most. Uh, so you know it'll be something like that. But uh, but the game itself, uh, you know you. you those are probably if you if you were pay. I've had a lot of people ask me too, just around at games here the last few weeks, like who you picking, uh, and especially in sectional ten. And I said, you know, I would still probably pick Lawrence North, but if there's any team out there, you know, I, my my thought is Cathedral might be the best overall team from top to bottom uh, in that sectional. Uh, they have a little bit more depth than LN does. Um, you know, they they are they're playing probably the best that they've played in Jason Delaney's uh, years there at Cathedral. Uh, yeah, it's a gym he knows pretty well. That tech gym. Yeah, absolutely. He knows, all the, he knows all the dead spots in the floor. So yeah. He knows, you know. <laughs> yeah, there are 2014 uh, you know banners up on the wall. You know, so it's uh, and I'm sure that would mean a lot for him. You know, personally to win the the sectional there. Something Cathedral hasn't done in a long time. They have not had very much tournament success. You know, since uh, 2013 when they made the state championship game. But 
you know, even when you look at what Vincent Brady's been doing lately, he's going nuts uh, pretty much nightly. Uh, Tayshawn Comer, of course, we know he's he's becoming more of a point guard than he ever has been. And then, you know, Jackson Edwards, a, a guy, a junior who was hurt last year, most of last year, and he's a guy not many people, you know, knew about coming into the year. And he's he's having a great year, uh, super athletic. And then uh, Jake Davis, all he does is take charges and make threes. So, you know, and then, and then uh, you know, uh, J- uh, Jalen Johnson, too. Uh, who can score for you from the outside. So their depth is really impressive. Uh, you didn't even mention Xavier Booker, so talk about their depth. Jeez. Yeah, Xavier Booker, who's six foot ten and, and a wingspan of about seven foot ten. So, you know, that's a you know, that's a team that will you know, they're gonna throw a lot of bodies out there at L N, I'm sure. And you know, LN's like I said, not quite as deep. Uh but they're they're a team that's been through the the battles more than Cathedral has too. You know, that with uh Shamar Avance is always at his best, you know, in the big games. I was counting down uh, for a story later this week on my favorite tournament games I've covered, and a couple of those are LN games from last year. I go back and look at the stories I wrote, and, and Shamar Avance is, is in the middle of all those comebacks that they've had and, you know, making big shots or making big plays. So, you know, he's a guy who's been through it, and I, I would never, you know, pick against him in a big game. And then C.J. Gunn has been coming on. Saw him against Floyd Central on Saturday – uh, scored 15 points in about a four or five minute span in the second half, and 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 looked great. Uh, and then DJ Hughes, who's as strong as anybody uh, in that sectional, playing inside. So, you know, they're more of a, a team that's led by those three guys, but they also have really good role players like Caden Beatty, uh, who's only you know he's maybe five foot eight, uh, but he he does his job really well uh, playing that that point guard role alongside Avance uh, in the backcourt. So. You know, you never, and this is a, this is a rivalry that you know these teams don't meet in the regular season, so there's some intrigue with that too. Uh, but just will be a great game, and then it'll, it will be backed up by another really good matchup with Warren Central and, and Lawrence Central, and a lot of uh, history uh, on those two uh, sidelines as well. So that'll be a really fun night. That'll be the Wednesday night, uh, you know, of uh, of next week, and I couldn't ask for a better. Uh, couple games in that right off the bat in that in that sectional all right well let's uh let's take a look at the carmel sectional sectional eight is that is that the fancy number four yes yep they're uh, in carmel hosting it this year uh and i will say too in that in that sectional 10 um you know i I think on the top side of the bracket uh you know north central got a great draw you know there and, and there's no great draw i guess but you know to get a buy for the second consecutive year they've been playing really well um, you know, they'll play the winner of Attics and Tech. Uh, so so you would think it'd be Attics, you know, but Tech's also been playing a lot better under uh, uh, Damon Turner, first-year coach, and almost beat Zionsville the other night, lost by a point. Um, you know, so it could be Attics North Central in, in uh, on Friday night. And, uh, you know, I, I would, you know, think that'd be kind of a toss-up game. So, you know, that's a, that's a pretty good draw. It's about the best you can do in, in sectional 10. And, you know, North Central with Leland Walker and uh, – you know that group under uh, Jason Gardner. I, that that's a team to look out for too. I like Christmas Addicts. I always do. Um, I'm always I'm always rooting for Christmas Addicts, and they got a they got a lot of talent on that team. That sophomore Jalen Hooks, uh, the dunk that Clark Wade tweeted out the video of. Yikes! Um, Isaiah Stafford just committed to Southern Indiana, so they've got some, they've got a lot of good players there too. So I wouldn't I wouldn't count out Christmas Addicts in this sectional at all. I wouldn't overlook them. 
No, they're right. they're capable as well. They, you know, the one thing you know, and it's it's something that's hard to put your your fingerprints on or your thumb, whatever the word is, <laughs> the thumbprint or whatever. But you know, not having sincere McMahon. I mean, he was just such a you know such a gamer. You know, you, you always felt like you know he could go get you a bucket. You know, whenever he had to, and he almost led them past Lawrence North last year. They were up by five with like a minute and a half left and couldn't quite slam the door on them. But you know, that's a, that's a you, you watch that team play, and it looks like they have all the pieces, and and, uh, and they do. They're really good. But uh, not having him in the middle, of all that, you know, it's uh, you know, people graduate, so that that happens. But it's kind of the same with LN, you know, with Tony Perkins. Not those two guys really made those teams go, and uh, you know, not having them makes them different teams this year. But you know, both those teams clearly can are capable of winning it, and uh, should be a fantastic uh, week of basketball over at Tech. Awesome. Well, let's move over to the uh, Carmel sectional, sectional eight, uh, Tuesday. Great games. Uh, you got the Mudsock. You got the Fishers or uh, HSC. Fishers has been playing really well lately. Uh, and then the game I like in the first round is Westfield Zionsville. Um, Braden Smith for Westfield has been really, really fun to watch. Zionsville. I know they just lost to Fishers, I think by one, a really close game. Um, but Logan Imes, another fun player to watch. Um, both those teams are pretty. Or Westfield and Zionsville, both young. Um, so it'll be fun to kind of see what the future looks like in, in sectional eight. Um, but what, what are the, your, some, uh, your takeaways from sectional eight? Well, my first one is that Carmel got a, a good draw. You know, they got the bye, they're hosting, and that gives you another, you know, few days to let Brian Waddell. And he, I think he's back to 100% as far as his ankle goes. He, I saw him play uh, against Warren Central on uh, Friday. He looked fine. He came out, hit two threes right off the bat and kind of got going. And, uh, so he he said he's he's good and, and he looked like it, uh, but still kind of gives you a little little time to rest. And they're a veteran enough team where I, I don't think it's going to matter. You know, some teams they like to play early in the week. Uh, I don't think Carmel it's going to matter necessarily. You know, play or not play. So I think that's a good a good uh, uh, chance for them uh, to uh, to rest a little bit and uh, and to be and Pete Suter playing playing the best basketball he's played. Uh, as a uh, as a high school player, I mean he's he's really aggressive. Anyway, he's always been aggressive, but he's more aggressive on offense now, and uh, he's hitting open shots, and, and uh, he's just such an instinctual <clears throat> you know type of player. He's just a winner, you know. It's it's that's maybe uh, you know cliche, but uh, man, he's he he's really playing good basketball. So you know, who's he remind you of? Who's he Because you you've been able to watch him for three years now. So who's he remind you of? And where do you think he can go as a player? You know, if he was, he's probably six four, six five. You know, if he's a couple inches taller, I think everybody in the world's offering him. Um, you know, but you know, he he probably he probably needs to show that he can really really shoot the ball. You know, and knock down threes. You know, really regularly, and he's done more of that this year. I think he's. I had the stat in the other day, but I I think he's made eighteen of them this year, and he's shooting like you know in the high thirties uh, from three. Uh, so that's, you know, that I think he's becoming a better, you know, player that way. Uh, he sort of reminds me of, uh, of Trey Galloway who, who played at Culver Academy, uh, graduated last year. And, uh, you know, he coaches kid, uh, does all the dirty work, um, you know, kind of like uh, Zach McRoberts did a few years ago at Carmel. Uh, I, but I say Galloway because, and I think he's, he's a better shooter than Galloway, uh, from the three point line, but um, but probably needs to prove that a little bit more too. But, you know, Pete's a guy who, you know, if you ask anybody on the team, they hate playing against him in practice. They sort of say it, you know, while they're smiling. You know, Brian Waddell said it the other day. 
because uh, he just plays so dang hard all the time, and he's automatically by doing that makes his team a lot better. Um, you know, so he's just got that, you know, got that drive in him and got that, that thing where other teams hate playing against him. And, and he's that guy that other student sections, if they're allowed to be there, you know, would be cheering against. Uh, so he's, he kind of embraces that. I think he, it's not like he's uh, playing up to a role either. That's just the way he plays. And, you know, he's just such a, you know, he's, he's a, get an offensive rebound type of guy, get a, you know, a, a tip deflection and, and uh, you know, just just plays really hard. So I, I would probably compare him in recent history to to Galloway, but uh, but I think he's on a pretty good trajectory at this point. If if there's a full summer, I'm really curious to see what uh, kind of what happens with his recruitment from the, from moving forward here. Uh, you want to touch a little bit on that Westfield Zionsville game? Yeah, definitely. Uh, you know, I, you're right. Zion, or I, I'm sorry, Westfield has never won a sectional, which is crazy to think about. Knowing you know they've been around for a hundred years playing basketball, uh, they made it to the sectional championship last year. You mentioned uh, Braden Smith, one of the most exciting uh, junior players in the state. Uh, I I kind of like them to get past Zionsville and Noblesville. Uh, this is probably the most balanced this sectional's been in in quite a while. Uh, and with Noblesville sitting there on Friday night, they're going to be ready, you know, for whoever comes out of that Westfield Zionsville game. But I think that's going to be one of the best games of the night. I wonder about Zionsville. They're led by uh, two sophomores, Logan Imes and, and Nick Nick Rehart, who uh, you know six foot eight or nine, and, and has really become a nice player inside for them. But you do wonder about a team, you know, that's kind of led in scoring by sophomores. Do they hit the wall uh, at some point? Um, you know, but they do have good seniors too, and Dylan Ritter, a senior point guard uh, for them, who's had a, had another nice season. Uh, so that should be a great game. That, that they haven't played since uh, in de- early in December, and uh, Westfield won that game. Westfield does not match up great with Carmel because they're not very big. Uh, and I covered that game earlier this year, and Carmel really took it to them. So that's not a not a great matchup for Westfield uh, to beat Carmel. But I I think the Shamrocks can at least get to that game. And uh, you know, have a chance to uh, have a chance to win that. I, I wouldn't overlook Fishers either, and HSC Fishers in the in the Mudsock game. Uh, that'll be a great opener as well. But Fishers and, and Jeffrey Simmons is a guy that you know people should know about too. He's having a really good year uh, for Fishers, which has been hit a couple times by COVID uh, shutdowns, but uh, has put together a really nice season. And uh, and they beat Carmel. Shout out to uh, shout out to Charlie Smith, who my wife taught when he was in the sixth grade. Nice so shout out. Yeah, or maybe even the third grade. I don't know. But uh, shout out. Uh, I think he's a starting guard for them. He so. is. He is. There he's, you go. See? He's, he's a good player. There a little 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 insight, a little nugget there. There you go. There you go. One of, one of Mrs. Glenesk's favorites, no <laughs> doubt. I'm sure he was a fantastic, fantastic student and never gave her any grief. She taught him to dive on the floor and, and all those sorts of things. Which is what uh, which is what Barbara did when she played. She was uh, she was a crafty left handed point guard. I remember Kim Rogers was able to give me the uh, scattered report from her, <laughs> eighth, from her eighth grade middle school when he was the coach. He had uh, a written notebook. Well, all, all kinds of nuggets in the in the podcast today. That's great. Uh, you know that's what that's what I bring to the, the show. That's, <laughs> you knew what you were getting when you brought me on. All right. Well, let's go to section eleven. How about that? Because if you talk about every school, we're going to be here all day. That's true. So I'm going to skip. I'm going to skip around to section eleven. Um, because the first round game there really interests me. That's Pike Perry Meridian. Perry Meridian hasn't won a sectional game since I was born. No, that's not accurate, but it's been a while. Uh, and I know David Woods got out, got a chance to go see Jaden Taylor. Jaden Taylor's having a fantastic senior season. The Butler commits. Um, but Pike always a really good team. Unfortunately, they have to play in the myth. Um, they haven't won a game 
this season in the MIC, but that doesn't mean they haven't been competitive. Um, so the MIC will toughen them up um, for this sectional. But then Ben Davis, um, they got a bye. They're at the top of the um, sectional. Um, but again, they get uh, they get Jane Brewer back. Yep. So you got two Jadens. This is the sectional of the Jadens. Um, but Jaden Brewer is back, and they look like a completely different team. With you know, obviously he's their most talented player. Um, so they look like uh, like this could be they they can go on a run here. This sectional is kind of wide open. Um, so what are your thoughts here? I agree. I think uh, I think the. You know, the the idea would probably be to say Ben Davis Pike in the in the championship game, and that would to me would be a complete toss up. Uh, but yeah, Jaden Brewer has made this a different team, uh, you know, and they they have come a long way since uh, the start of the year. Not just saying because Brewer, but you know that, that's a really young team Don Carlisle has this year, and, and they've really meshed together. I did not think this would be a <clears throat> you know even an eleven eleven team, you know with or without Brewer after I saw him in the season opener. So, you know, they've come a long way this year. I, you know, whoever wins between Ron Colley and Southport, I think Ben Davis will win that game. And then you mentioned it, you know, Pike and uh, Perry Meridian in that first game, you know, tough matchup for Perry. This is not an enviable draw for them. They did play Pike and I, I covered these teams in the Lebanon tournament when I made the, the trip around uh, whatever I was doing for the holidays and you know saw both these teams play there I didn't see the championship game but you know they did play each other and and Pike won that game 49-41 so with Perry you know Jaden Taylor scores about half the points uh, for that team so you kind of know what you're getting you're going to get Mark James is going to try to you know play a, a tough defense you know they're going to try to get the ball to Taylor uh, they have a good point guard McDonald uh, you know, so I think this is a team that's going to be ready uh, for a, for a sectional tournament game, and I would not be surprised to see Perry beat Pike. Uh, and I, I'm not calling for it necessarily, but I think it's going to be a really close game. I think Perry will be really motivated, and uh, and Pike has been, you know, they, they've been up and down. Uh, their schedule is really really tough, and Ryan Conwell's had a great year uh, for the Red Devils, but you know, this is not a vintage Pike team necessarily, and uh, I think Perry will be. We'll be definitely ready for them, and uh, that that should be a really good game. I think that one could go either way as well. All right, well, let's move on to sectional 12, and I am just thankful that this sectional is not in Terre Haute because it makes travel for um, my reporters and videographers a lot easier. Um, but we got uh, Plainfield looks like the prohibitive favorite, but uh, Brownsburg's got talent. We know that. They've got tournament experience. Um, what are your thoughts here? Yeah, that should be you know those two definitely pop out as the as the two favorites. We know what I wrote about Plainfield recently. Super balanced team. Uh, they, they're all you know most of them are seniors, and even the juniors are very tight with the seniors. So you got a really close team. It will be a motivated team. They haven't won a sectional in, in forever. Uh, I think it was '99 was the last time they won a sectional. So you know they're going to be you know, really ready uh, to, to, to do it this time. They've been close, too, the last couple of years. Uh, you know, and then Brownsburg, this one kind of sets up, you know, if, if we did have seating, uh, this is probably pretty close to what you would get. Yeah, because Brownsburg on the other side uh, playing Mooresville in the first round. And Brownsburg's been playing. They were, they were also a team that was hit uh, pretty hard by uh, COVID a couple times this season. They're playing their best basketball right now. So, you know, even their, even their loss, I saw them play uh, Lawrence Central – uh, not too long ago, and I thought they played really well in that game. Uh, LC just played played spectacular uh, that night. So they've won four of their last five. 
and you know I think they're going to be ready. Pierce Thomas, uh, you know, we all know what he can do. Uh, Quentin Bragg at, at guard, and and you know a lot of seniors on that team for uh, Steve Lynch. I know he likes his team. I know Andy Weaver really likes his team too at Plainfield. So those are two really good coaches, and it should be a you know if if that game happens uh, in the championship game, should be a really really good game. All right, let's go to sectional 13 as we make our way through class 4A. This is the sectional at Whiteland. Uh, first round, we've got Greenwood versus Franklin, and then Franklin Central, Center Grove. That's on Tuesday with Whiteland and Shelbyville getting the bye. Um, I think we're most would assume we might be getting the Greenwood-Center Grove final. Is that where you're leaning? Yeah, and it could be the first team to thirty uh, to <laughs> to win that. Those those games always seem to be a, you know a, a knockdown, dragout you know, struggle. Uh, Rashid Alemikon for uh, for Greenwood has been you know had a really nice year. Uh, I think there's a couple teams in here too that that are capable of pulling upsets. And Whiteland is one of them. Uh, Logan Willoughby having a really nice year as a senior for Whiteland. Uh, so could be Green probably will be Greenwood Whiteland in the in the semifinal, and then. Uh, Whoever comes out, and I'll, I will say too, I think Franklin Central, uh, they've had a couple injuries to their top players, and, and they're going to be getting them back. Uh, Chris Byer is always one of the best coaches around, so I, w- I wouldn't, uh, you know, totally discount Franklin Central against Center Grove in that that early game either. But to me, I think Zach Hahn's got you know one of his better teams he's had, uh, you know, and, and wrote about them not too long ago too. I, if you look at it. You know, this is a team that could be playing in the semi-state, and, and I don't think that'd be a huge shock. You know, Taven Jackson had 30 the other night on uh, North Central, a game they probably should have won, let get away uh, at the end of the game. Uh, he's been playing his best basketball. Landon Hacker also uh, in that in that backcourt. I like Center Grove to get through here, and I wouldn't be surprised to see them playing uh, for a, a shot in the state championship, to be honest with you. Even though they're only 11-6, and six, I think they're uh, capable of doing that. Well, that's a wow. Well, there you go. Hey. Okay. Yeah. Got to take some chances in life, right? I think we were talking about that before the podcast. <laughs> so, yeah, exactly. Bring it full circle. Good job. Um, <laughs> so we're going to move to 3A, and I don't want to focus too much on this sectional, but I do want to focus on this team for a moment, uh, and that is Hamilton Heights. Uh, that is Class 3A, Sectional 24. They're at uh, Newcastle. Um, always a fun place to go. We're playing in tournament action. Um, they play Yorktown Open, but um, I never – feel bad when I send some of our uh, videographers or clerks out to Cicero and I know it's a drive but I never feel bad because they're it's always going to be worth it for them because they get to see the Gus Etchison show and uh, I, I had one very satisfied clerk the other day like oh that was, <laughs> that was so worth the drive good good call thanks for the tip I was like yeah no problem buddy absolutely um, yeah so he is he's been great um, great to watch the Western Michigan commit um what do you like? Uh, do you like their chances to get out of that Newcastle sectional? Well, that's another team. You know, you talk about some of these teams that are, are have motivation. That uh, doesn't always mean you know you're going to win it. But you know, they were within a point last year of, of winning the sectional, lost in, to Delta in the in the championship game. Uh, and I talked to Gus about that a little bit uh, a couple weeks ago after they lost to Western. And uh, you know, that that's something that's kind of driving them. You know, and they didn't get a great draw. They have to play uh, Yorktown, uh, a pretty good team in that first game, but. I do think I do think they can win it. I, I you know they're a team that you know everybody focuses on Gus a lot, but they have some other good players on that team. 
you know, and I think they have, they're just not, they're not a big team, you know, so they have to really, you know, kind of lock in defensively and, and rebound, you know, because you know you're going to get, you know, 30 something points from Etchison. Um, you know, I, you're going to get probably enough offense to win on most, on most nights, but can you guard, you know, can you rebound? That's going to be the key for that team. And I agree with you. Gus is just, he's so fun to watch. Um, you know, he, you know, I, the game I went to, I didn't realize he jumped center, you know, and he's not even probably six foot. So that shows you what kind of, uh, you know, how he can get off the floor. Uh, but some of the stuff he does, you know, it's just, uh, incredible, you know, athleticism, uh, that he has and uh one of the one of the fun guys to uh, cover in that 2021 class as we you know talk a lot about that class he's one of the one of the best uh you know like you said from a highlight perspective he he does not uh, let you down no matter no matter what game it is all right we're going to sectional 25 this is at frankfurt interesting sectional a lot of teams i'm not with a ton of games played obviously there were been some uh some COVID issues but danville is the prohibitive favorite you would think um but a semifinal matchup with Greencastle might be pretty tasty. Not so fast, my friend. I, I would say. Oh, you got Crawfordsville, huh? I, I I like Crawfordsville's team. I've seen him play a couple times on uh, on video. I uh, saw him play last year in person. There, that's a good team. Uh, they're they're going to be ready, I think, for that Danville game. Uh, Danville, you know, they were a team last year. Man, they 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 look loaded and ready for a tournament run. And uh, unfortunately, like everybody else, all the sectional champions, it didn't get to happen uh, for them. But you know they're they are very good again this year and if you ask any coach around they'll say Brian Barber is one of the best one of the best in the in the in the state at what he does at Danville but you know that sectional is maybe the most unbalanced of any uh Danville Crawfordsville and Greencastle are clearly the three favorites and they're all on the same side of the bracket uh so when you look at this Tri West you know sitting over there at 7 and 8 another team that's been hit hard by uh covid uh shutdowns but you know they have enough talent, and, and uh, Adam Bontrager. I know he likes his team. I talked to him earlier this year, and you know they were just frustrated by you know just not being. Able, they had a couple of situations where they couldn't even practice or, or get out there as a team. So, you know, I, I think that sets up fairly well for them. But they're going to get a tough game. Who, no matter who comes out of that other side, uh, will be really tough. But yeah, I think Danville Crawfordsville could be one of the best games of that opening night, and then whoever comes out of that game will play Greencastle, and, and that's also. You know, Greencastle has a really good team. Uh, Whitaker has been a great player for them for four years, and uh, you know some really good seniors in that in that sectional at Frankfurt. And Frankfurt, one of the best uh, uh, arenas as well. That'll be a fun atmosphere up there at uh, Frankfurt, no matter how many fans are there. Hollywood famous Case Arena. Yep, took my kids up there last year for the. They got to see it for the first time. And their thoughts? Uh, they they liked it. They liked it. They, they were more interested in the mascot, weren't they? The, they'll be. Uh, you know, it's one of those things where they'll appreciate it maybe years later more than they do in the moment. That's that was me um, when my dad took me backpacking out west. I hated it at the time because <laughs> he was uh, he was like a drill sergeant back then, and we had to carry like forty pounds in our back and food, and it was just ugh. But looking back at it now, that was a hell of an experience. Not a lot of my friends got to do that. So no, look at see exactly that's exactly what I was you know, and they didn't have to have yeah. to carry anything on their back. They just had to go watch a basketball game. They they enjoyed it. They. Uh, they wondered why I was taking them there, but then once we got there, they had a good time. Yeah, I've already planned out all the battlefields and taking Palmer to that he's going to have no interest in, but I'm just doing it for myself. But eventually, <laughs> eventually he'll thank me. All right, we're going to sectional 27. This is at Lebanon. 
Are we just to assume that it's Garen Catholic versus Brubuff in the final? I think so. Although uh, you know Lebanon plays a style that will make it tough. You know defensively, they're gonna they're gonna get after you and make every you know everything you do uh, difficult. Uh, that's kind of the way uh, Albert Al Hendricks uh, coaches out there at, at Lebanon, and they're always well coached team that you know has has talent. Uh, but I think you know look at what Garen's done this year. Um, you know they're they're a team I think that could make a serious run. I think they're probably a little underrated uh, in the state polls. Uh, and them and Burbuff playing each other in the uh, w- w- what would be the championship game, uh, I think would be really good. I think uh, you know that matchup when you look at it. I mean Burbuff has you know a couple guys who can really score Altman and Smith, and then uh, Edwards and and Babula have been really good as well for Garen. So you know it b- could be a dynamite matchup playing for the uh, sectional championship and. Uh, sectional 27 there and i kind of like garen i think garen uh, might get through this year and and uh, have a chance to make a pretty deep run or whichever team comes out of there i think burbuff could do it too but i think garen's got a little bit of juice to him this year and uh, capable of doing something pretty special all right we'll move to sectional 28 class three this is at beach grove and beach grove and heron the two teams with the best record in the sectionals are on opposites actually the only two teams in the sectional that have winning records are on the opposite side of each other so they have potential to meet in the final um you have had a chance to see heron this year you like what you've seen um this is a team that hasn't had a lot of success uh, so i'm assuming tournament success has uh, evaded them as well so uh what can you tell us about heron and uh, beach grove well, Heron's a team. They they want to shoot as many times. They want to take eighty shots per game, which I love. I mean, that's uh, that's kind of like Loyola Marymount style uh, type of stuff. So shooter, shooter, shoot, man, shooter, shoot. Get them up there as many as possible. You know, that's if you're if you're uh, if you're capable of doing that, by all means, go ahead and do it. But Ty Brown, he's their main guy. He's about six foot four or five. Uh, scores, you know, more than about twenty one points a game. And then another really good player for them, Matt Ray. Uh, he's at, he's almost 19 points a game. So they got two guys who can really fill it up, and uh, and they do. I mean, they score a ton of points. Beach Grove has been a team, you know, their their sectional changed. It got a little bit easier, and then uh, you know Mike Renfro, who used to coach under Matt English, there uh, has taken over and and, uh, and really taken that team to an even another level. Another level, and it's too bad Matt English not around. Uh, to see all the fruits of his labor, um, you know, happening, you know, for Beach Grove. And I think Beach Grove, I was thinking about this yesterday uh, during the draw, but I think that was the last place I went that, leading up to the regional. I uh, was working on some stuff ahead of the regional. I think that was the last place I went uh, before everything shut down. It was either there or Burbuff Jesuit that week. Uh, but, uh, you know, really good team again uh, this year. Uh, Jalen Curry made a – uh, last second shot to beat Western the other night for Beach Grove. Uh, I think they're the team to beat uh, pretty clearly here. I like Beach Grove's chances to to get through again. Uh, they have been upset a couple times this year, so there's always potential against a team that can score it like Heron can. But uh, I I like Beach Grove to get through again, and I think that'd be number three in a row for them. Awesome. All right. Well, now we're going to Class Two A, Sectional Forty Two at Heritage Christian on Tuesday night. It is Heritage Christian against University. And then Cecina versus Covenant Christian. Um, the winner of Cecina Covenant Christian gets Park Tudor. You have liked Park Tudor. You said their nine and six record is a bit um, misleading. They have a t- they they've played a really tough schedule. Um, University's got a winning record. Heritage Christian's got a winning record. They've got tournament uh, pedigree, some success there as well in the years past. Uh, Miles Colvin, super sophomore, the son of Purdue NFL linebacker Roosevelt Colvin. Uh, but Covenant Christian, I'm telling you, that's 
that might be my pick to win the state title in Class 2A. Tell me I'm crazy. I don't think you're crazy at all. I think you are you might be spot on with that. The problem or the issue will be getting out of this sectional because it's a – you know, it's probably an, not quite an equivalent of what sectional 10 is, but at the 2A level, this is really tough. And they did get a good draw with Cecina. Cecina a little bit young this year, but, you know, that, that uh, second game, you know, playing uh, Park Tudor, uh, man, that's a, that's going to be an absolute battle. Park Tudor, five of their six losses are to uh, 4A teams, and, they, and all those games have been close. You know, they've been really close. I covered a couple times. They've almost beat North Central. Uh, almost beat Lawrence Central, came down to the wire. So they've been right there against some of the best teams around. Uh, you know, so th- that'll be that that nine and six record is deceiving. And I but think, with, but with Covenant, like how, and you see this uh, a lot. But how much of that football success that they had, especially in a small school where a lot of these kids played on that football team, like the Trey Flats, how much of that? You know, they're coming off a of football state title. How much of that kind of winning mentality translates into the tournament setting here I, well i think scott flat the coach would tell you would tell you a lot uh, it also uh caused trey you know coming off football and playing deep into you know thanksgiving weekend he didn't shoot the ball well you know the, the first uh, few games of the season uh so in any any basketball coach will tell you or any player will tell you i mean it's totally you know you gotta you need a couple weeks after football to get your shot back but you know, I think there's there's a lot to that. You know, knowing how to win, uh, playing physical. You know, you mentioned uh, you know a lot of the guys from that team playing. I mean, there's several who who played a key role. Uh, Trey Flat, Micah Wilson. I mean, there's there's a lot. You go down the list. Um, you know, and they have they have had an injury. Brian Lomax uh, got hurt uh, in one of the. I think it was a Heritage Christian game I was at, and and uh, I'm not sure what his status will be uh, moving forward. But but he was averaging about ten points a game. Uh, so, so that would be a, a big loss, and I do. I think he actually did come back and play against Andrean. Uh, so I, I think he will be back. But, uh, but that's going to be, you know, that team to me is one. You know, they score a lot of points, and but they've also really, you know, challenged themselves with the schedule this year. They played some really good teams. They're actually playing Bloomington North this week, which is, you know, that's uh, that's stepping it up a notch for a two A team, and that's a really good four A team they're going to be playing. So. You know that's a that's a team. I think that you're right. I think you're you're spot on with that. I think they could make a serious run uh, in two A. Two A is a really good class this year too, uh, and, and you'd probably run into Fort Wayne Blackhawk at some point. And good luck with that. But you know, they're to me. I think they're a team that uh, can play really deep in the tournament. Yeah, I guess I guess I meant to say that uh, any team but Fort Wayne Blackhawk. When I was talking about, I think. Covenant Christian is going to win the state title. Well, I will say though, I think uh, you know, and, and I don't know if they can guard Caleb first at all. I'm not sure many people can, but you know, I do think you know the way Blackhawk plays and the way Covenant Christian plays, I think somewhat mirrors each other, and I think Covenant would actually you know play reasonably well against them. Uh, I, the first factor is just something that is hard to uh, hard to know how you deal with him, but they are a physical team, so you know maybe you can knock him around and 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 try to get a couple fouls on him too, but. Uh, they're they're probably more equipped than most two A teams to play a team like Blackhawk, so I, I wouldn't completely count them out in that game. But uh, but I would Blackhawk definitely would be the favorite to me. All right, great. Well, let's uh, let's skip on over to Class A because there's a sectional there that uh, really draws the eye, and that is going to be sectional 59. Um, there's some great first round match. You know, the Tinley versus Greenwood Christian matchup should be real fun. I mean, both those teams. Um, have played well in the tournament in, in years past. Greenwood Christian won the Johnson County tournament two years ago. Um, they got McCorkle. I think they, do they still have Styles McCorkle, or is it just Chant McCorkle now? No, Styles. Uh, he's he's their best uh, player right now. 
Um, and they did lose Isaiah Davis, a six foot nine junior, uh, to a knee injury. So, you know, he was out, I covered them against a university and he's not coming back this season. That's a big loss for them. Uh, but even still, I mean, that's still Greenwood Christian is going to be a tough out. Uh, they're defending sectional champion and, uh, and McCorkle, uh, he, he, uh, had a great game when I covered him against university, tough to guard, very versatile player. Um, uh, but I think in this in this one, you know, in this sectional, to me, I'm going to see Lutheran uh, later today uh, to uh, you know, talk to them at practice and things like that. That's a fun team because they haven't been real good here recently and have uh, completely turned it around uh, under uh, Remus Woods, and and uh, so that's fun when you get a team that's a little bit different, a little bit new. Uh, and then Tenley, you know, they they challenge themselves with a really tough schedule uh, this year. And they've taken some losses. I think they're thirteen and nine right now. Uh, they've shut it down uh, as far as playing any more games now. Uh, just to uh, their girls' team was on the bus to their sectional, had to turn around after a contact tracing situation. So they didn't want that to happen. Uh, so they're going to be playing uh, Greenwood that, Greenwood Christian that first game. Tough matchup. I think that one will go to Tinley though. Uh, you know, based on what I've seen, but I, I think that'd be a great match. Tinley and Lutheran. You know, you could see that game. Uh, on uh, would be a Saturday night. That could be a great matchup, uh, you know, and, and potentially a chance for Lutheran to win their first sectional in, in four years. Uh, but uh, that that'll be a fun a fun sectional. Uh, three teams, I think, with a legitimate chance to win it. All right. Well, before I let you get out of here, then let's just talk a little bit about what the season has been like for you. Then, um, in terms of you know COVID and, and things changing, especially with with what's happening with this week. I think you wrote about this in your five things, you know, about scheduling, um, that a lot of teams are going to shut it down and not try to get caught up in a contact racing in the last week before, you know, sectionals. How, how prevalent do you think that's going to be this week? Well, there's been a few more Brown. I knew uh, Zach Hahn had told me uh, they were probably going to cancel that game with Brownsburg. They went ahead and did that this morning. Uh, I heard from uh, Senator Grove that that was off. So, you know, that, and then there are some others I, I've kind of been asking at the games I've been out to. I asked Blackhawk Christian coach uh, Mark Davidson. He said, no way. He said, we're going to play, um, you know, because we haven't really had any issues with uh, playing other teams, you know, as far as tracing situations go. Um, so, you know, they're going to, they didn't want to have a long layoff. I guess that's, that's part of the deal too. And, you know, you could potentially, if you get a buy on Friday night, you know, you could be off, you know, for two weeks basically. So, you know, he, he felt like that was not, you know, going to be good for them if they did that. So, you know, there's some different opinions on it. And also the, the tracing now is only uh, three foot instead of six foot. So I, I think that will help, uh, you know, keep these tracing situations from happening. Um, you know, but it's been, you know, from a grand scheme of things, it's been a really uh, weird, bizarre year. I mean, I remember the, <clears throat> you know, the Cathedral Carmel game, it was just parents there and talking to Ryan Osborne after the game. And it was just like, you know, where was the energy? It's not like you expect, you know, a lot of energy, but, you know, it just didn't feel like a big game, you know, in, in a lot of ways because there's hardly anybody there. Uh, we've seen more fans, you know, here lately. I think Carmel had 800 uh, allowed on uh, Friday, you know, and they seat 4,000. So it's, it's you know, it's kind of a drop in the bucket, but it's uh, it was at least something makes it feel more like a, a regular game. Um, but, you know, like we – you know, I've definitely seen some situations too that have, have been like, man, should there be these many people uh, here? Um, you know, but 
I'm glad fans are allowed to come now. It definitely changes the it changes the the game a ton, and that's part of the reason I love covering high school basketball is is the environment as much as the it adds so much to the game, um, you know. But you know, we're not going to have a you know, we shouldn't have packed houses by any means. Is what not what I'm saying, but it does add something to have some fans in there. I, I for the most part, you know, my job has stayed relatively the same, which has been great. You know, I. I I don't like watching games on video. I'd much rather be there to see it and talk to the people and, and uh, you know, just get a feel for everything being there in person. And I've been able to do that. So I, that's been that's been great. Um, you know, but, you know, it, it's, it's cliche, I guess, to say it's been a weird year. But I think it has been for everybody. I'm glad we're back to a point where we're playing and not, you know, not able to like we were last year after the sectional but you know it's changed things for everybody you know, I, I know you know having COVID myself I mean it was scary at the time and and uh you know back in March of last year and uh you know it's just it's been it feels like that was so long ago you know but uh I'm glad we're getting some basketball in and it makes you know all of our lives a little bit more normal to uh to have high school basketball yeah I think that's really when it hit home for people here in Indiana about COVID because um, we were just learning about like the first deaths and stuff and for them to stop you know to stop the high school basketball tournament in indiana and the big 10 tournament you know coinciding with that that just really it's like oh okay this is uh it's a real deal here in indiana so um with how important basketball is here to the state it, i think it was important that an event like that you know a, a something marquee like that it really was it's like when a celebrity when tom hanks got sick you know people are like oh no tom hanks can get it yeah anyone can get it so it's just kind of that situation here in indiana but no, we're no. glad yeah we're glad you're feeling good um we're glad we got through the season without without any real major incident that has been reported as far as i know so that's that's a win it is yeah and i think you know back we're in a different place you know now you know obviously than we were no, last March, no one knew, you know, what would happen. You know, I don't know. I was, I was freaked out myself. I was, I didn't know, you know, I didn't even know in the moment that I had COVID, you know, and then you get the, um, antibody test later, but you know, they weren't really testing at that time. And, you know, I talked to a lot of people who were at the sectional, you know, uh, wrote about the sectional later, you know, and it was like, people couldn't get tested you know they didn't they had to check all the boxes when you went to the hospital and if you didn't then they weren't really testing you and you know there was just so much unknown about you know what how what your survival was or even if you had the virus so it's just you know it's it's uh i never would have thought something like that would happen in our lifetime but it did and uh you know high school basketball is a pretty small thing in the grand scope of things but an event like that you're right i mean it does kind of bring it all home and i can't tell you how many people i talked to and i didn't expect it at the time but who you know read that story and and still bring it up and and tim estes the carmel uh scorekeeper you know i talked to him a lot and he had he had covid real bad he's still having after effects and he was at the sectional 10 as a fan and uh he's he's almost 100 percent positive that's where he got it but uh, but he's still dealing with stuff and that's uh you know that's scary i mean it really is i mean there's there's a lot of people who were affected um you know, people who died that we knew, you know, and it's just, uh, it's, it's sad. It makes you sad to even think about it even now, now we're coming up on a year, a year ago. Yeah, definitely. And we'll have, we'll have more coverage of that this week or next week on the year anniversary of, of sectional 10 and just where we're at now. And, you know, Kyle will give you his, his thoughts and it'll go in depth and it'll be a great read. You're right. I mean, it's just, we've lost friends. We lost people we've known and it's, you know, 
it's just unfortunate. But we're on the other side, it seems. At least there's a light at the end of the tunnel. So. Yeah, I think by I think by the summer, you know, hopeful what I've read anyway, you know, maybe we'll be in a not a normal place, but in a much much better uh, position moving forward by then. Great, just in time for AAU season for you, buddy. <laughs> well, that is a that is a uh, you know that is something to think ahead about, you know, with uh, you know the possibility of having you know, and if it does open up June first, then you have the high school uh evaluation periods in june and then the you know the july and i do hope for these kids you know that they're able to play in front of some coaches this this whole recruiting thing is is really that's a whole nother tangent but you know it's really messed a lot of things up for kids in 2021 and 22 and probably 23 i mean moving forward there's a domino effect to all this and you know it's uh, it's affecting a lot of a lot of players Sounds like another insider column. I will add to the budget. <laughs> Hold off on that for a little while. Yeah, yeah you keep talking yourself into these stories, man. I well, I appreciate right. you coming on and breaking this down with me, and uh, I'll try to get this to you so we can post it here later. Oh, thanks. I'm going to listen to it again to make sure I didn't sound like an idiot. <laughs> it's all good. It's all good. All right. All right. Thanks, thanks Matt. All right. Bye. Bye.